What's up, everyone? This is Ryan Wold. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast, where I have a drink with someone interesting. Today, I'm talking to my boss, the editor-in-chief of the Coast News, Jordan Ingram. It's not normal protocol to interview someone I know, but I couldn't pass up the opportunity to get him on the record. Since joining the paper and working with Jordan, I've gained a new appreciation for independent news reporting, in particular because I'm not a journalist and I just write opinions and fun stories about drinking. Despite being an Oregon Ducks alumni, Jordan seems like a good guy, and I wanted to talk to him about what it takes to provide North County the news, and how he got there. Also, we both started at the paper only a few weeks before COVID-19 hit, so we actually only met a few times in real life, and most of our interactions have been online since then. We chat a bit about mental health and how taking in so much news can impact people in the industry, how local newspapers keep communities informed, and how he separates his personal opinions from the facts of the news. But first, let's shout out the Coast News Group who employs us both. The Coast News has been your leading local voice bringing North County San Diego the news of the neighborhood for over 34 years. And we continue to passionately cover the stories of our community. You can support our efforts to provide high-quality local journalism by going to thecoastnews.com. And if you are able, click the donate button on the upper left. We appreciate your support. And be sure to check out sdlabrats.org. You can still sign kids up for week three of their summer virtual sports and science programs. They're providing great learning content for kids, and 80% of the proceeds are going to local charitable efforts in the North County San Diego area. You can see all of the charity recipients on sdlabrats.org. I don't have any kids, but I still went on to donate towards their scholarship program because it's a great way to support a variety of local causes. And now, it's time for the show. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ryan. Dude, How are you? What happened to your face? <laughs> there was a beard uh, there the last time I saw you. <laughs> I got a little sun covering a story over the weekend, and uh, it was hot out there. Well, welcome to the show. It's as difficult as us having a cup of coffee and staring at each other this early in the morning, so I appreciate you joining me. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be It's always good to do a morning one of these because it inspires me to take a shower and put on like real pants and just kind of like feel like I'm having a real day, which I like. <laughs> but you, this is interesting. This Normally I do these with people I don't know and you're my boss, so I do know you. Although I was thinking about it and we really don't. I started at the paper in February. You came back to the paper right after I started again and then COVID hit. So it's not like we're going to work every day together and hanging out. So I Googled you, and I found out some things I thought were interesting. Uh, but basically, since college, you've been collecting and disseminating information, either as a reporter, as an investigator, now as an editor. How did you end up doing this? How did you end up here? How did I end up in uh, Southern California? In Southern California, like what inspired you to want to to follow stories or to give information to people? I mean, what what's driving you? Yeah, I mean, I've always been curious about it. Um, I think I've always had a knack for writing ever since I was a, a kid. I tried my hand at, you know, music, and uh, I grew up in a musical family. My dad's a band teacher, and we all had to take piano lessons. So I did in my 20s, and that was fun. But, you know, I wanted a little more security, <laughs> And uh, I wanted uh, I wanted to try some new things, so I went back to school. Um, I 
I was always interested in photography and writing. And so I thought, you know, journalism might be a good path forward. And um, I got an opportunity to work at my hometown newspaper, the Register Guard in Eugene, as a sports reporter and um, got my first real taste of working at a newspaper. And that was, it was hard. It was good. It was a, it was a learning experience, you know, but I learned a lot. Then I, uh, I packed up to Montana. I got a job as a sports editor there at the Livingston Enterprise beautiful country out there. It was fun. I was there for about a year. And uh, my fiance, uh, we were doing a long distance relationship. She was in Oregon. I was in Montana working at a newspaper and she got a job at UCSD in San Diego. And she said, it's amazing in San Diego and you won't have to deal with winter because <laughs> winter in Montana was brutal. <laughs> and I said, let's do it. And I came down here and uh, I saw an opening for an editor at the Coast News and I walked in and I said, I'm your guy. I knew I wanted to do it. I knew um, I knew I could do it. I don't know. I've never felt so confident walking into a job <laughs> yeah, that's... interview in my life. And it just felt like it was the right thing for me. And I'm glad I did. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> it's like a good that makes you sound, I feel like, more aggressive than you come off in real, you know, in, in real life. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm trying to imagine you walking in and slapping your resume down on the counter and being like, I'm the guy. Well, we have we have a lot in common. I followed my wife here as well. She got a job here. Uh, we had only been here once before and didn't really like it, truthfully. I remember at the end of those first two weeks, we were in an Airbnb looking for an apartment, not understanding what getting an apartment is like here. And uh, she got offered another job up in L.A. where I preferred. I wanted to be in L.A. And she she said, well, I will, I'll take that job. Like, I, I would like that job, too, like, if you'd rather be there. And I remember saying, you know, hon, if you want that job, it's right for you. Take it. I'll support you. And I'll visit you on the weekends because I'm staying. <laughs> so it didn't take long. <laughs> I was thinking about this a lot. We obviously, as an editor, you intake a lot of news. I brought this up to you before, kind of, but I started digging into it a little bit more about the psychology and the nature of news and how it's been shown to distort people's kind of view of the world. And we've talked a little bit about the mental health of taking in all that news. But do you think newspapers or news sources shoulder some of that responsibility for what they're presenting to society? And I'll clarify that by saying when you're reporting on things happening right now, most of the time it's bad. You know, there's a car accident, there's a crime. Most people don't go and like go, hey, look at the street. Nothing is happening. It's amazing. So how do you how do you balance that out on a personal level, taking it in? And then how do you feel like do you feel like papers have some sort of responsibility or news sources when they put that out in the world? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think anybody that works in the news industry has got to, got to address that on a personal level and on a professional level. So I guess start personally. Um, you know, I think people need to find an outlet. I heard somebody, a lifetime newsman, kind of explain that journalist's job is to stare into the void and to report back. And not everybody's going to like what you see. You're not going to please everybody. And that, but that's our job. You know, and as hard as it is to look at it, sometimes our job is to communicate what's what's happening. And so it's a lot. It can be a lot. It can be a big burden for people to bear. We're only human. <laughs> and so 
you know, having an outlet for me, it was exercise, some, some time to some quiet time in the morning, exercise. Some people um, like to go to social media and express themselves. Uh, I'll find a lot of people on Twitter. I'm not, I don't do that as much. I think when I was younger, I did. Um, can you even do yeah. that? I mean, I'm not a journalist. I'm just, I just work for the paper, but can you, like as an editor, can you publicly go out with kind of your personal views and political opinions? Uh, that's a, another good question. I'm a little hesitant. You know, I'm not going to say I've never done it. Um, I think there's been moments where I was, I felt compelled to voice my personal opinion on a matter, but I really try to stay away from that because, you know, I think for a lot of people, you are the representative, you know, they have a difficult time separating out your personal opinion versus your professional obligation to report the news uh, fairly and objectively. And I, and unfortunately I do see a lot of that. I see a lot of editors, I see a lot of reporters and they voice their opinion, whatever it may be. And people see it as that's the newspaper's opinion. And whether that's fair or not, I don't know. But in that way, I try to avoid it. I really try to stay neutral because that's my job. I'm, I'm just reporting, really try to just stick to the facts. What, you know, what are the facts? What's the story? You know, what are both sides of the argument or third or the fourth side? really want to give everybody a voice and let people decide for themselves. Now, it gets all very complicated when you have as much news coming into people's feeds every day as we do now. And then you add on top of that fake news or um, misleading news or, you know, editorialized content and stuff. And it can get really, uh, it can get really complicated. So it's not a, it's, you know, it's a huge gray area. I think as a, a newsman and an editor, I think I have a responsibility to stay as neutral as possible. Just as you were talking about that, it was making me think about our, I think as a, as a consumer of news, our loyalties to certain news sources. And that can be predicated somewhat on our opinion of what side of the line they land on. I mean, Fox News is the ultimate kind of like, if you're a Fox News person, that says something about, we stereotype that type of person, perhaps. Or if it's the Washington Post and its connection to Jeff Bezos, or if it's the Times and it's, which is accused of having a more liberal bent, although studies have shown that it's actually even if not leaning conservative sometimes, because they try to go over the line, they try to come back or overcorrect. What... What is there, is it possible for a newspaper to be independent? We talk about the Coast News being like local independent journalism, but the Coast News is owned by a person. And the assumption is you'd hope that they would be like you are, where you you are trying to remain neutral. But at the same time, there's always going to be different obligations that are pulling you in different directions, whether it's advertising and survival or it's an, an opinion from somebody higher up coming down and saying, hey, well, what about this? Is it possible? Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a really good question. I mean, it's like, is perfection possible? Everybody answers to somebody. Well, I appreciate you saying that about me. I mean, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But anyway, continue. <laughs> You're the lodestar, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, it, it, yeah. It, I guess for me, it's it's just, are you striving towards it? Are you working towards that goal? You know, not everybody that works for the Washington Post is you know, supports Jeff Bezos or you know hates Donald Trump, and not everybody for Fox News is you know 
pro-Trump or whatever a, a Republican, you know, I think we like to put people in compartments. It's easier for our brains to kind of pick sides that way. But we all know deep down that life's a lot more complex and the human mind is a lot more complex. And again, it comes down to that gray area. And unfortunately, I think today people's patience and um, run short, you know, and we want to make decisions about things and they're the final decision and we want to compartmentalize as quickly as possible so we can move on to the next <laughs> thing. And maybe it's not fair, but it's just kind of the way it is. There's just so much out there. Our brains are having to like figure out what's what, okay, label it, put it here. Now I know who my friends are. Now I know who my enemies are, you know, and it's probably a survival mechanism. I think it's just as long as you strive for it, you know, and this brings me to, you know, something else that I've noticed that I think in the wake of all the, the fake news and all of this, you know, a lot of corporate media stuff going digital and, you know, everybody having a news site, I really think that people are starting to turn back to local news sources and more reliable members of the community they can you know hold them accountable they can write their editor they can see their letters published in the paper they can kind of take part in, in democracy and, and that's not something you have for a majority of digital content out there you know you have no control over what these people are saying under the guise of you know quote-unquote news and so that's really a cool thing because um, for papers like us, that keeps us alive and it keeps our community informed. You know, during COVID, when it first kind of set in, the Coast News was in pretty dire straits. We lost 75% of our advertisers and it, you know, it didn't look good. And all of a sudden, you know, we're cutting back our page count. You know, we're cutting back how many articles we're doing from our reporters and we're not getting all the information out to our community. So we're suffering because we don't have the money to pay for the reporters, but our community's suffering because they're not getting everything they need to know to stay safe from COVID to, you know, we have an election, believe it or not, in November <laughs> and all sorts of issues that communities have to think about and, and be informed about. And so that's, um, that was really hard. Hey everyone, we'll be right back. But first, and now back to the show. That's an interesting thing. I always get phone calls. My family's all in the Midwest, and I'll get a phone call, and they'll be like, are you okay? And I'll be like, well, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, there's a fire, or there's an earthquake, or there's a thing. And I'll have no idea what they're talking about because it's like 400 miles away. But on their local news or on, on the Internet, they're going Southern California, so they just assume that I'm in danger. And so there's something to be said for like people who are reporting on a community being from that community and understanding maybe the, the nuance and having a long-term vision of, say, a, a local political leader's vision or his past actions as opposed to just coming in and, hey, this is happening, this is what it is, and this is our attitude or opinion about it. You're able to give a more comprehensive overview, even on just a, a common day-to-day -day reporting of, say, a budget you know the history of that that budget and how it's changed over time. And while maybe it doesn't seem that big, it's actually a fairly large change from historical perspective, which I think is interesting. One of the things we do, you know, as the paper of record for the city of Encinitas, what, and in North County in general, we, we go to the city council meetings where we, you know, lately we attend them digitally. You know, week by week, that's kind of boring stuff. It's the budget proposal, it's the 
you know, new development, it's, it's these things, but then sometimes these issues come to a head and you've got to look back on that stuff. And we're providing that service. We want to have that information for people. That's something I was just reading about this week too, is, you know, in general, this is without question the best time to be alive. I think former President Obama said it where he's like, if you didn't have any information about your life, all you knew was the time period you would live in, you would unquestionably choose this one. Pandemic and politics and everything aside, this is still the best time. But on a day-to-day, we're, we're so overwhelmed with a lot of the stress and the negative things that have been happening. We, t- we don't take time to step back and look at over the grand scheme of things. Things are generally getting better every generation. There's certainly going to be setbacks. It's not you know an escalator straight up. But we're living through what are truly historical times that will end up you know as at least maybe a paragraph in a book in the future. <laughs> and uh, when you were a kid, did you have encyclopedias or access to them? Yeah. So yeah. when I when I was a kid, some guy came to our front door and sold my dad a, a set of encyclopedias. That was like a thing. There was no Wikipedia or anything like that. And I remember even as a little kid taking like the letter G and opening it up and reading about something, whether it was giraffes or Ghent, Belgium or whatever it was. And everything about that topic was condensed into about paragraph two inches long. And I kind of, sometimes I think, you know, whenever I get really overwhelmed, I go, well, this is just a footnote, you know, like, don't worry so much about it and just kind of move on with the day. My hometown has a local paper called the City Pages. And I saw an announcement recently that they had a new editor and his statement was, well, I was already the writer and the photographer. It only made sense that I take over the editing duties as well. For a local independent papers in general, which already kind of work on restaurant margins, very small margins uh, of survival, do you find that, I mean, because I find that you edit, you manage the paper, getting it out, then I'll see that you're out reporting. How do you manage all of that week to week? You mentioned you do photography, like there's got to be, at some point, do you say, no, I got to just shut it down and go home, or do you just work all the time? Yeah, no, I think when I first approached the job, I wanted to do all of it. And, you know, it was an impossible task, but you couldn't have told me that, because I wasn't going to fail. I was going to be better than the last guy. I was going to, I was going to do it all. And, and about a year and a half in, it just wore me out. And... I honestly had to do kind of a, a self-check, like, and I maintain this pace of, of work and trying to do all these things, and, you know, and the truth was I couldn't. And so when I kind of stepped away for a bit, I, you know, I realized that I really do love this work, but I got to find some balance. And I got to, and part of that too, and part of being a leader is finding the strengths of the people that work for you. And to delegate some of those things to those people and becoming a team, you know, um, I think teamwork can really, you know, the sum is greater than the individual parts. And so, and since I've been doing that, I've been, I felt better. I've also drawn kind of limits as to what my work day is, you know, and when I go home, I'm kind of like still, I still keep an eye on things, but I, I don't jump in at first like I, I used to do. So. I mean, it's, it's tough because the news is going, you know, you could get home, long day, laying out the paper, putting stuff online, doing the social media, interviewing a council person, come home, just sit down to dinner, and 
there's a shooting at the Del Mar Fairground, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Yeah, you don't so it, control the timeline of the news. You can only control how you respond. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and it's nice being a weekly because we're, we know, we know we're not the breaking news source, you know, which is is cool because it gives us an opportunity to maybe dig in a little bit deeper with some of the, the issues. One of our newest reporters, Dan Brendel, I'm really excited about having him on the team because he's really into affordable housing, city budgets, school budgets, a lot of that stuff that usually makes people want to fall asleep. Mm. Um, and he's really into that and he's taking deep dives into it and providing our readers with all that data, kind of synthesizing it, chewing it up, digesting it, going, okay, here's the important things from all that data that I've looked at. Here's the, here's what you need to know. And I think that's, it's awesome. And I, you know, being a weekly gives us an opportunity to sure. take deeper data. Yeah. I read his article last week about Encinitas's affordable housing issues. And then I actually emailed him a follow-up question. And I, afterwards I told him, I was like, you know, I feel smarter for having read this <laughs> this thing that you wrote and we should have you on our show because our show is not very smart uh, and we could use you. <laughs> so I think he's going to be on the North County beat with Kelly this week. So I'm excited about yeah. that. Um, I'm, uh, I'm coming to the end of my cup of coffee here. So, and I'm sure that you've got to get to work. So we might have to call it. I just have one last important question. If it was, if it meant me staying or leaving the paper, would you be willing to wear a Wisconsin Badgers hoodie for the rest of the year? <laughs> Ryan, I do most anything for you. I hope you know that by now in our short friendship here, yeah. professional relationship as well. But as a rabid Oregon Ducks fan, mm. I think, um, I don't know if I'd be able to like see my family again if I were. <laughs> you know, Wisconsin we all make choices. We all have to make choices, and, and uh, you've made yours, and I understand that. All right. I, I think that uh, I have, as a non-journalist, I have a new appreciation for the news working you know, with you and just kind of the difficulties that come with having you know, a personal opinion and a professional obligation. And I think now more than ever, as you mentioned, being inundated by information, I think consistency, whether you agree or not with the opinion, leads people to trust their local news sources, you know, and that's something that I that I think that I strive to maybe more so than I did before, just because I've had that opportunity to kind of learn and work with some of the people we're working with. So I think that's a really cool thing. I'm going to let you uh, I'm going to let you do some work. (laughs) Cheers. Well, Ryan, it's a pleasure. Um, And cheers to you. I appreciate uh, all the work you're doing. It takes a bit of courage to let an employee interview you with no ground rules. Thanks to Jordan for coming on the show. He somehow manages to get the newspaper assembled into the printer, all while managing a team of roving reporters and writers every single week. That's my show this week. Be sure to pick up a copy of the Coast newspaper. You can find them all over North County. And if you're looking for more podcast content, please check out the newest episodes of Headlines and the North County Beat presented by the Coast News. They can be found anywhere you listen to great podcasts. This episode of the Cheers North County podcast was produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Jordan Ingraham is my editor-in-chief. The Coast News associate publisher is Chris Kidd, and our publisher is Jim Kidd. Thanks for listening, everyone. This show is available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Overcast. 
Please support this podcast by giving it a follow wherever you're listening. Then share it and tag at Cheers North County on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Be sure to pick up a copy of the Coast News or go to thecoastnews.com to read the latest Cheers North County column. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream. Cheers, everyone.